Hey, I'm here and I'm live. It feels good to be here this Sunday morning. Um, it's been quite the journey. It's been quite the th three months, six months. It all has just kind of run together here for our family. Uh, and today, it's, um, it's finally happening. We get to move into our place here in Lake Country. Um, to kind of define how I feel right now, uh, we have packed up everything in our van this morning in, uh, from Big White. So we've got like three bikes in our van. Uh, we've got a diaper genie. We've got random food. Uh, there's literally no place to walk in our van. And so we barely made enough spots for our kids to sit. We thought about leaving one. Uh, and so we drew, casted lots. Malachi lost, but we made a spot for him. And so U-Haul uh, is our house really right now and that's up at Chris Ween's house so I feel like I should pay him rent because it's a 26 foot long U-Haul sitting in his driveway and it's got everything that we own. Also I brought a fish to church and this is a normal practice for me. This defines our life. Who brings a fish to church? So I'm not going to bring him every Sunday. This is Oscar. As we mentioned Oscar has had quite the journey here also. I wasn't there because I was driving the U-Haul but Something was on the road, came out to hit the brakes, and Oscar flew out of this little hole right here and was flopping around in the van, and Malachi had to make a quick save. Uh, the only thing I dropped in the U-Haul was a piece of pizza on my lap, and so, <laughs> and also, to kind of find out how I feel, I was going through my bag this morning. It's my one bag I have right now for the last two weeks, and you know you're moving when you just find, you know, you just start shoving things in bags and stuff like that. I had a green spoon from Menchie's in my bag, and we haven't had Menchie's for like five, six months. And so it was just something we found, and we just threw it into my bag. And so I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to start this journey with you guys. Uh, thank you for accepting us. Um, thank you for uh, just the invitation. Thank you for the meals that have been We'll be given the Eric and Hilda, thank you for having us out for lunch. Thank you so much for your prayers, mostly. Um, we have felt them. It has helped us along this journey. Uh, that's been tough sometimes, and we'll talk about it today. Uh, but first, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you that you're with us. Lord, we thank you for that we can gather here on Sundays. We can talk about you, but not, Lord, not just talking about you, but Lord, taking what's been spoken and applying it to our lives. So we thank you that it's just not a speech that we give here. It's just not uh, something we go through just because we need to. Um, we do this because you're alive and you're well. And you want to teach us. You want to show us new things about ourselves. You want to guide us in the direction that points everybody to you. And so we pray that our ears and hearts will be open. Lord, we thank you again that we can gather here. Do I sound funny? Amen. Sorry. Amen. Do I sound funny? <laughs> okay. So you can turn to Genesis 37 real quick, and uh, we'll touch on that uh, chapter in a second here, but you might as well turn there as I am talking. I have a story for you guys. Uh, my son, the oldest, Malachi, he, he, he's impatient. 
he likes to really run through things. He's always in a hurry, always re ready to go, always looking for the next thing. Um, and so he does not like car rides. And so this trip up the Big White, we've had to come down to Kelowna to do some things because we're Saskatchewan residents. We've had to change over our residence. We had to get the boys into school. We had to make multiple trips into our U-Haul, which was not fun. Uh, and we had to find important documentation. And so there was some struggling. There was my body was bending in ways it hasn't been since so maybe I came out of the womb. And so it's been just a journey, like just being here. And so Malachi is not big into car rides, long car rides. And so we've all been there. You have kids. They've said this phrase. Do we know what phrase we're going to say here? Can we all hear it? Yeah. No, Malachi actually says, can I get out of the car and walk? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And he says it at nauseum. And pretty sure ball was his first word. Are we there yet was his first phrase. And so, but we've been there. And I remember being there as a kid too. We would go to Kennywood, which was an amusement park. And I would, it would be going on Saturday, and I would at nauseam just ask my parents, is it Saturday yet? <laughs> like, is it going to rain? Like, can we go to maybe Friday? Can we go Thursday? I don't need to go to school. Like, it, there's so many days in school. Why? I can just miss one. And so we would ask this, right? This is like looking forward to the thing that's in front of us, like, and just missing the days that are in between. We say this impatience or this looking towards tomorrow is a kid thing, but let's be honest, it is not just a kid thing, right? We've been there even as adults looking for the next day, looking for maybe to the end of the week. Maybe Monday starts, right? And we're like, oh, it's Monday. Tuesday's going to start. We're all have to wake up really early, get our kids ready for school. We're like, oh my goodness, I can't wait till Saturday already. I remember when Kim was pregnant, though. I'm pretty sure I wanted it to end more than she did. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, she was the one doing all the hard work. She was carrying the child. But you're just like, I'm just waiting for the end of nine months. Like, I want to hold our firstborn. Like, I'm excited for this. I'm looking forward to the end. Kim's looking forward to the end. We're all looking forward to the, to the end, the end of the journey, the end of the chapter. We always want the good part, right? Sometimes we skip over in movies to see the end. Or we might ask somebody, hey, how does it end? But when we do that, right, we miss the journey. We miss what actually God's doing throughout it. We miss the middle part. Like on the car rides, like we miss just nature. Like the smoke has started to clear. And I remember coming down Big White and just like looking. I was like, wow, I can actually see a lake. This is beautiful. And you know what? When we're impatient, we miss even just memories during the car ride, right? Or having good conversation. When Kim was pregnant for those nine months, there were some days this wasn't intentive. Some days that maybe I missed sharing the gospel. Some days, you know, I wasn't, I just wasn't happy because I just wanted the end to happen. These last six months, they've been a journey. There's moments of, this is crazy, we're moving to BC. Are my kids going to be Okay. What do we do if our house doesn't sell? What do we do if our house sells? Like, how, like what kind of, how much can we afford? 
at the nauseam looking at homes. And then there was times like, I just can't wait to get there. I just can't wait to get to, to Lake Country. I just can't wait till we can step foot into our place. These are okay thoughts. But when they consume you, when they maybe deter you from what Christ is trying to teach you along the journey, then we have actually taken the trust out of God's hands and tried to put it in our hands. So through these six months, I learned a lot about journeying with God. And I want to share some of those points that I've learned. Because we have all chapters in our lives, right? And you know, the reality is, is right now we're in the middle of one. Maybe we're in the beginning of one. Maybe we're in the end of one. We're closing this chapter right now. We have landed here. Finally, we can move in. At 12 o'clock 30, if anybody's available. Seven, number 173618 Woodsdale Road. Uh, we have a... Okay, it's a 10-foot U-Haul. We don't have that much stuff. I was just kidding. It wasn't 26 feet. No. <laughs> but the first thing I learned about journeying with Christ this time is that the journey doesn't always look how we think it's going to look. I ended up in Kennywood, but it did rain that day. You know what? We do have Malachi, but you know what? It came out to be induced. It was three days that induction finally took. It was unnatural labor. Malachi got stuck in the birth canal. His heart rate dropped. They had to do an emergency C-section. This was a four-day process. The end of the journey. The journey didn't look how I thought it was going to look. We ended up here. Here we are. We're renting. We wanted to buy. Our house in Neston still hasn't sold. The Friday before, we're going to pack our U-Haul on Saturday, then leave on Sunday. On the Friday, I get a call, or Thursday, actually, I get a call that our U-Haul, the only 26-foot U-Haul, is in Meadow Lake, which is four hours from Eston. So then I had to wake up Friday morning, drive four hours to pick up a U-Haul, then drive four hours back home. Eight-hour trip just to pick up a U-Haul. I did not expect that. That was not a fun trip. And now we're, we've been staying at Big White for two weeks. Not what I expected. I'm happy we were there at Big White. It's been a blessing, but not what I expected. The journey doesn't always look how we think it's going to look. Now let's think about Joseph. In Genesis 37, the story begins. Joseph, the youngest of 17, loved more than the other sons. He got a sweet coat. That's full of colors. I'm pretty sure I saw somebody wearing the same coat downtown Kelowna that we were there this week. I was like, hey, is that Joseph's coat? He's like, yeah, it is. No, Joseph's closet, actually, is where I got it from. And then Joseph had this dream. And if we look at Genesis 37, 6, that's where we'll start. In his dream, Joseph says, he's like, Brothers, listen to this dream I had. And they're like, okay. The best son. He's like, we were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood up, right, while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Now, 
Jude's our youngest boy, and I'm pretty sure if he told his brothers that I'm going to rule over you one day, they would remind him, we're bigger than you. <laughs> I'm not sure what Joseph thought their response would be. He, their brothers know he's the favorite. God's spoken to him saying, this is the end of your journey. You are going to rule. You are going to be king. And the brothers responded, how oh, it seems like people responded in the Old Testament. They said, here comes the dreamer. And they wanted to kill him. But instead, they sold him. Now, Joseph probably didn't think this was how it's going to go. He didn't think the journey was going to be like this. God, you said, I'm going to be king. What, what are you doing? You said, I'm going to be the ruler. And I'm, the journey, why is, this, why is it going like this? This is not how I planned it. This is not what we had in, I, I had in mind here, God. He probably thought it went like this. First step, become the head of my father's business. Second step, grow the business. Third step, interim at the palace, getting the grapes and fine wine for the ruler. Four, get a job at the palace. Five, become the vice ruler slash president of Egypt. Six, run for prime minister, win the election, and take a picture with babies. This is maybe how he thought the journey was going to go, right? We have these steps in our mind. This is how the journey should be. God has given us the end. This is how I picture it. But it didn't happen like that. It wasn't, God, it wasn't God's plan. And what I realized is this. This is huge. It seems clear that God is interested not only in our final destination, which he very much is, but also in the journey. Because the journey does a work in our lives that has eternal value. The journey has eternal value. He cares about the final destination, but the journey is so important to him. Christ, he taught Joseph. He knew how the journey was going to go. And then Joseph, he found favor with Pharaoh. He got oversight of the land. He became ruler of Egypt. And I'm sure when he sat there, and his brothers came up to him, because there was a famine, and they asked, we need food, he probably thought, wow, I did not expect the journey to go like this. But you know what? The journey prepared him to be a ruler. It prepared him for what God had. And here I am, standing here on Creekside, at Creekside, September 2nd. And you know what I could say? The journey wasn't one I thought it was going to be. And that's not a bad thing. Because the journey has taught me so much and it prepared me to be here on this day. Some of you are in situations right now and you're like, God, you've promised me this. You've promised me something. And you're journeying right now. It doesn't feel like you're going to get there. But the promise is, and we see it in Joseph, we see it even with Christ going to the cross, you will get there. He's teaching you. Keep the faith. Keep moving on. Knowing that this is part of it, even if it doesn't feel like it. Because remember, 
that God hasn't and will never, ever forget about you. And this is the second thing I learned. God is with you. In Genesis 39, and if we can turn there, there's multiple times in Genesis 39 that we hear this phrase. And we first hear it in verse 2. It says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. And then we see it again in verse 21, just before. But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. The Lord was with me. The Lord is going to be with me. He always will be with me. And Joseph, he arrives. He finds favor and he prospers. Potiphar gives him power and everything in Potiphar's home was blessed because God was with Joseph. Then Potiphar's wife, not once, but twice makes a pass at Joseph. The second time, she grabs his cloak. She takes that cloak and she says, look, he tried to, to lay with me. Then Joseph is thrown into prison. And it says, but while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with them. The Lord was with them. Even though an unexpected turn in the journey, things were getting better, then they got worse. God was still with him. And he is with us right now, good or bad. Right when something goes wrong, we all say this. I know I say it. Where are you, God? Why are you not here? Why aren't you with me? Why are you letting this happen? But we see in the story of Joseph, and we know through Scripture that he is always with us, even in the good even in the bad, trials happen because he lets them happen, because he teaches us. And he says, and the promise I tell my kids is that the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. He is always with you, always by your side. His promise is always true, is that he's there. God is with you, good, bad, along this journey. However it looks, he is right by your side. Don't lose hope. He was with Joseph when he got into Potiphar's house, and he was blessed. He was with Joseph when he was in prison. The good, then the bad. My last point, and you're like, wow, this guy's quick. That's because I want to move. Um, <laughs> that's not because why. Um, it's because we have communion today. And this third point kind of runs right into that. And it fits beautifully. Along this journey... What he's taught me is to always remember what Christ has spoken to you and what he has done in the past. I, when things were going tough, when I was like, man, I feel so far away from this moment right here, what I helped me was to just look at the website to remind me what he'd spoken. Look at Creekside, Willow Park, and be like, this is where he's called me to. Some of you may journal. Um, some of you might write things down on a chalkboard in your home if you have like one of those little chalkboard things. We write scriptures in ours. 
But God, he's in to helping us remember. Remembering is huge in our walk with Christ. Remembering is huge in our faith. Because the reality is we are forgetful people. Can I get an amen? Nope, no amens, okay. We are forgetful people. That's just, we're, we're human. And we see this in the people of Exodus. In chapters 14 and 16 in Exodus, in the span of these couple chapters, we see the people delivered from slavery through the Red Sea, pretty cool, but then they grumble about not having food. Like, oh, woe is me. I don't have any food. We want to say, don't you remember what God just did? He made the water stand up like two walls. You walked on dry land. But we're not like that at all, right? Even when they get food, it isn't enough. No water, Moses? Seriously? Where's the beef, Moses? I eat meat. Moses, I have blisters on my feet. Who died and made you boss, Moses? Seriously. But the Lord, he prompts the Israelites to remember. And this is how he does it. God has given them their menu for the next 40 years. Manna from heaven. Pretty sweet. He says, gather six days, a double portion on the last day, and then rest on the Sabbath. Then he commands Moses to take an omer of manna, which is about two quarts, and keep it in a jar as a reminder of God's faithfulness. Keep this piece of manna that's from heaven, like manna came from heaven, that should be good enough. But keep this piece of manna in a jar and let it be a reminder. First miracle is obvious, manna from heaven. The second miracle, though, is this. The manna in the jar does not spoil, as it normally would. God kept it from spoiling to show he will keep them alive even in the wilderness. And this is foreshadowing to something beautiful because God will send his son Jesus, our manna, from heaven to die for us. He is the bread of life. Jesus does not spoil. He will give us breath. He is the one that is alive within us. He is everlasting. And we get this beautiful reminder during communion of the Father's body broken for us. Our manna from heaven. A reminder that he is good. As we journey, that he has died for us. That he has taken everything for us. That he has already paved the path. That he has already gone before us. As we journey with Christ, we remember he is good. Because he is our manna from heaven. And so it feels appropriate that I get to take communion with you guys today. To remember the end of this journey and the beginning of a new one. And for you to remember wherever you're at in your journey, the beginning, the middle, or the end. 
that he is good. He does not spoil. However you need to remember, you remember to keep you going. Our current circumstances, and I'll end with this, dismal or successful, are not our story's end. There are chapters in a much larger story that really does have a happily ever after. I'm going to invite Chris up, and he's going to lead us in communion. First, as he comes up, I just want to pray to close. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are on this journey with us. That you are there with us. You have never left us nor forsake us. That actually it's nice that we, the journey doesn't go how we expect it. It always goes how you expect it. I thank you that you are in control, that you're teaching, and that you're always equipping us for what you have in store next. And so, Lord, as we take communion, Lord, as we pass this on to the next stage, we thank you that you are our manna from heaven.